Let's turn in our Bible to our main scripture text for this uh, series, The Guide Inside. Of course, we're talking about the Spirit of God Himself. And um, we're talking about how He leads and how He guides. So my f- three favorite scriptures concerning that, uh, one in Proverbs and two in Romans, it's Proverbs uh, 20, 27. <laughs> the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And then uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 16. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, if you are led by the Spirit, that's an indication that you're a child of God. Uh, Verse 16, the Spirit itself, I like to translate it better, himself, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So if you're a child of God, God's Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. That's the initial way that you know that you're born again besides the fact that you believe by faith what the Word says and you've acted on it, you've said it, and as soon as you do, God has sworn by His Word to make it come to pass that it will come to pass, and then it happens. And then you you don't have the witness that you are born again or the knowing on the inside that you are born again before you believe and confess it. It's afterwards. So as soon as you believe and confess it, then you have the witness. And that's what Paul's talking about right here in Romans. And it's real interesting. Romans chapter 8 starts out that there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But he doesn't put a period there. Um, You know, of course, the punctuation wasn't in the original. But he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus or who are united to Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I believe many times that's where we trip up because we're walking after the flesh expecting to be led by the Spirit and we're wondering why doesn't God love me like He loves other people? Well, God loves you just as much as He loves other people. In fact, the Bible tells us, Jesus told us in His prayer in John 17, Father, I pray that, you, that they would know that you love them just like you love me. Uh, that is that is like mind-blowing, mind-boggling truth from the lips of Jesus. That God loves you, He loves me with the same love that He loves Jesus with. You think He would move heaven and earth for Jesus? Well, what would He do for you? Why? Because He loves you. Not because you have performed well or you've performed bad so He won't do something. No, it's because He is love and He has directed His love to you and to me. Thank God. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. All right, so if you walk in the Spirit, you're free from the law of sin and death, so you don't have to be concerned about all that coming on you and overtaking you. All right, they, verse 5, those that are after the flesh, uh, they mind the things of the flesh. In other words, if you are living after the flesh, you're going to be conscious of things of the flesh. And again, when you live like that, and none of us are perfect, so you may have different periods of time in your life when uh, the pressures and circumstances uh, come so much and you just uh, make a choice because of those pressures to, to stop walking in the Spirit and start walking by the flesh, and then you start to feel more distant from God or He feels more distant from you. Well, He hadn't gone anywhere. 
Uh, but you're walking by the dictates of the flesh and you become more and more conscious of the flesh. He said, they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. All right. Um, but they that are of the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. In other words, the things of the Spirit are on your mind. The things of the Spirit are what before you. The things of the Spirit are what you're pursuing. So it's a real uh, indicator of why sometimes we have this experience and we feel like there's some distance between us and the Lord. Like, well, you say you're on the inside, but I feel like you're so far away. Well, where are you looking? I think of John chapter 4, uh, I think verse 23 and 24, where the woman at the well of Samaria um, you know, Jesus was talking to her and he said, the hour's coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. In other words, God is seeking out people like that to worship him in spirit and in truth. Because why? Verse 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's a spirit. So if you're going to get close to God or, or um, sense the nearness of God on the inside of you, you're going to do it from your spirit, not from your flesh. Uh, you know, if you mind the things of the flesh, you're thinking the flesh like if I could just touch Jesus, physically touch him and feel him, then I would believe. No, that's not where faith is at. Faith is from your heart. Faith is of the heart or your spirit. And so God is a spirit. And so to worship the Lord or draw near to him, you're going to have to do it from your spirit. It's spirit to spirit communication. And that can be uncomfortable to your flesh or your unrenewed mind, what we would call a natural mind or a natural thinking mind or a flesh ruled or flesh dominated mind where your mind is so accustomed to getting its input information, affirmation and feeling comfortable with what the flesh can communicate or the realm of the senses can communicate to it. Um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians that we look, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, right? So the things that we cannot see are eternal, and we're looking at those things. We're not looking at the things which are seen. Verse 11 uh, of chapter 8 again, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you or dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you or the margin of bible says because of the spirit that dwells in you in other words because god's spirit dwells in you he'll make your body live he'll make your body alive right and so that's more than just health and healing that is having sustained energy now, we live in a, in a natural body, in a natural world, and your body needs rest, your body needs food, your body needs exercise. But you can have a supernatural quickening or life-giving from God on the inside of you, and you do have it whether you're conscious of it or not. But if you're conscious of it and you rely upon Him in that way, you'll find you have a strength that's out of this world or not, uh, not from you. It doesn't originate in, in your body. It is quickened in your body, but actually originates originates in God. In other words, he's the source of all life anyhow, and he made your body. He can figure out how to make it uh, have energy. Uh, so don't settle for lack of energy when uh, you, you should be having energy. You should be having strength. Uh, put your faith on it. Be like, you know what? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. This is part of the law of sin and death. Uh, I have energy uh, from the most high, right? 
Thank God. So then he goes on, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And so this is the basis for everything we're studying, uh, the Word of God concerning being led by the Spirit, that we're, we're not led by the natural mind, we're not led by feelings or senses, we're led by God's Spirit. He leads us and He guides us. And He, if you're a believer, He's leading you and guiding you, whether you're responding or conscious of it or not. Um, but he is leading you and he's guiding you. We've talked several times that you got to tune into the right station. And so the right station is from your spirit. And one of the best ways to isolate your spirit is number one, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the second you're filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, you, uh, you, the initial evidence is you begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gives you those utterances to speak out. Well, that's awesome because that is a supernatural uh, miracle, really, that is occurring by you looking to and yielding to the Spirit of God. He gives you those words. Immediately, the Bible says in Corinthians that um, your spirit prays but your understanding is unfruitful. So you've isolated your spirit. In other words, okay, this is from my spirit. And so the, the same place you get those, those words, those utterances, those unctions is the same place where God's going to speak to you from. So that's why I, one of the reasons I think is a great benefit to pray in other tongues. And if you've never been filled with the spirit and you say that's kind of foreign, well, uh, look in Acts chapter two, uh, look in, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 14, and Paul talks a lot about it, and it's really, basically, it's something after salvation, and you're born again by the Spirit of God, and His Spirit comes to live on the inside of you and me. The second that we're born again, He's the one that recreates us in Christ Jesus, but just the same way I could drink a glass of water and still be thirsty, uh, you know, you can be filled with the spirit. So I could drink so much water that I'm like, I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. I feel like it's like coming out every place, right? Well, same place you get baptized. The Bible calls it baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happens? Well, the Bible says when he has come, Jesus said he will speak. And so what happens? You get him in fullness and you begin to speak, uh, not from yourself, but words that he's given you. Tremendous blessing. It, it's like, uh, you, it's like you're connected to a spiritual battery charger and you're just like charge, 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 uh, you know, and uh, things uh, kind of take the a better perspective, proper perspective. You can pray things. Uh, you know, I got to the point, I, I would pray, uh, I guess, a, a decent amount uh, before I was filled with the Spirit. And um, I would get to the point in my prayers where I'm like, I, I couldn't get the right words. There was something else in my spirit that needed to come out and, and, and needed to flow. And I knew it, but I felt like I would get to this place and I, I whatever way I was praying, I just couldn't get it out but i knew it needed to come out and um you know spiritual things sometimes are like kind of like make your natural mind go tilt right it's hard to explain sometimes in natural terms uh but what really needed to happen was i need to be filled with the spirit and uh man i got filled with the spirit and i was like thank you lord i'm able to express this that you have placed in my heart now it's a avenue uh of expression in the earth realm and really God's seeking for men and women young and old uh, that he can move upon to pray both in English and in other tongues because uh, man you can accomplish a lot of things for the Lord he can he can use your mouth uh, to bless and not to curse that you're like a fountain that he can flow through and bring living water around around the world and um, I was actually um, 
healed supernaturally by a group of ladies that had a prayer group, didn't know anything was wrong with me physically, and they, they were praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden they picked something up in the spirit concerning a, a physical problem that I had. And um, uh, their husband happened to be uh, one of the guys that, um, one of the ministers that uh, traveled with us, that we traveled together for a while, and um, she said to her husband, hey, is something going on with Tim? And uh, before he had a chance to answer, she's like, oh, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter anyhow. Just tell him whatever it is, uh, it's taken care of, right? Well, because they didn't know to pray for that. They didn't even know what it was. Even after they prayed, they just knew they got the victory over it. And you know what? From that day forward, everything in my body changed. And it was an incurable, uh, not a major disease, but a minor disease. And man, uh, just totally set free. And so when you're praying in unknown tongues, you're praying for things you don't even know so many times what you're praying for but it's a great avenue that god wants to use and can use through every believer filled with the spirit to be able to speak out things uh, that he wants spoken out in the earth it gives him access so it's wonderful to yield to the spirit of god and um, isaiah 28 11 says this is the rest and this is refreshing yet they would not hear it what well right before that he said with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people and uh, yet they wouldn't hear it right and so many times your flesh doesn't want to hear it like well why would i do that it doesn't make sense to my head and you know well that's what the bible says it won't make sense to your head so apparently you're doing it right <laughs> <laughs> if you want to blow your mind just speak in other tongues right and the lord will use you but what's awesome about it is even though your mind might be like what what right or you hear certain words you're like whoa what was that an english word anyhow that's a whole other subject um but you go away like charged you're like whoa this is awesome right and uh you know the joy of the lord's your strength and the, the the lord himself will uh quicken you make your body live and we can yield to the spirit and that's a great way to isolate the spirit so today we're just going to go through pages 91 through 94 of uh, the guide inside uh by mark brzee he's a minister out of tulsa uh has had uh before he had a church he had bible schools for years taught in bible schools and established bible schools and had bible uh, bible training programs in the u.s and and in europe uh many places in the world uh, just a tremendous blessing to the body of christ and um the this section is titled god won't lead by reason god won't lead by reason i wish we could get that through to every believer that god will not lead you by reason because if you don't spend much time uh fellowshipping with the lord or talking with the lord um receiving from the lord and and giving to the lord in the word of god and in prayer well you, you're going to try to find out well what's reason say because your pro whole life is probably based uh the reason you do what you do is because reason dictates it well it's it's reasonable to think this it's reasonable to do this and this is what should be done well if you're going to do that you're going to miss out on most of what god has for you because uh, without faith hebrews eleven six says it is impossible to please god Without faith, it is impossible. Not that it's not probable. Not that, you know, you're going to have a really hard time pleasing God without faith, but you can do it. You know, it's going to be really tough. It's, it's not the road to go on. That's not what it says. <laughs> the Bible says, without faith, it is not possible to please God. I, I want to please Him every day in every way. I want to be pleasing to him. And the only way that we can do that is by relying on him and trusting him and not relying on the arm of flesh and not relying on what seems reasonable to our natural mind. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, by our trust in God, yeah. and not by what our natural senses communicate to us. We walk by faith and not by sight. How we're doing this is by faith, not by sight. And faith is a great rest. Faith, uh, faith is like a release of anxiety and faith is a release of pressure and faith is a release of of um the uh, works like that you have to work it up and you have to do good enough and you have to measure up because faith is all about jesus and nothing about us jesus actually told us in mark eleven twenty two, uh have faith in god lay hold of the very faith of god lay hold of the faithfulness of god he is faithful i'm telling you right now people uh that you you love really dearly and maybe people you don't they're human. They have flesh. At some point, they will fail you, but God will never fail you. He is faithful. So Jesus said, lay hold of that faithfulness, that faithfulness that there is no shadow of turning, uh, that there is no like hint that he, he's, he's going to leave you in the lurch. He's going to go his own thing and be selfish and do his own thing that day. Oh, no. God is always faithful. And Jesus said, lay hold of that. Grab hold of that. It is by faith we walk and not by sight. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. He says, you know, um, he went to this Bible study and, you know, there was uh, things in his heart that the Lord had been dealing with him about since he was a young child. So if you're, if you're a young child, listen to this right now, you ought to tune in to what God is saying in your heart. And sometimes it's easier for you than adults because you haven't like filled up your mind with all of these natural ways of doing life, but you actually, uh, you know, because you start out so sensitive to the Lord and it's, it's by doing things things in the flesh, like Romans 8 told us, that you kind of get more conscious of the fleshly things. But if you just start out in things of the Spirit and stay in things of the Spirit, it's normal every day. And so in his heart, God had been dealing with him since he was a young child uh, about these some of these areas of ministry. So he got into this Bible study and the Bible study was like how to know the will of God, right? And so he's like, great, I'm so excited to be in this Bible study. And then the Bible study leader, he said, he said, the leader said, okay, let's make a list of pros and cons all right so is this the will of god well here's the pros to this this uh this um decision if you make this decision here's some pros and here's the cons and he said then once you've made your list once you got your whole list then you look at the list and see which side is longer which side has more and that's the answer to your question <laughs> Talk about a natural way, natural reasoning way to do it. If you've ever done that, don't feel bad. I'm not picking on you. You know, we all like to do that. In fact, um, there was a, um, but, but the thing about it is, how would you like to be God and be on the receiving side of that? And so, you know, look, my children are deciding what to do based on a list of natural pros and cons. Like, well, the weather's good. Uh, so that's a pro. You know, but, uh, you know, it's an area of the country I don't like. That's a con. And how would you feel that? You know, the reason I say that is I, I had a young uh, lady that used to work for me in Michigan. And uh, she had a young man that uh, she was single and there was a young man that really liked her. And uh, he made a list of pros and cons about dating this woman, this young girl. And he made the mistake of leaving that list of pros and cons out.
And so she came across this list of pros and cons of dating her. And so uh, you might not really want to make a list of pros and cons. And if you, if you do about dating somebody, you might want to like burn it up or something. So, so people don't find it. Um, that's just a side story, kind of funny. But no, God doesn't lead by a list of pros and cons. Imagine, like he said, imagine if Paul had looked at the pros and cons of following God every step of the way. I mean, because of anybody I know in the Bible, uh, Paul had great adversity come against him. And if he went by the, the pros and the cons of that, well, uh, we probably wouldn't have many of the wonderful uh, passages of Scripture that we have. Because he'd have just gone, like he, the, what Mark Brzee, I think, said, he'd have gone to Tahiti. <laughs> like, there's a lot of pros to Tahiti. The list is definitely longer in Tahiti, right? If he even knew Tahiti back then. And so, um, God doesn't lead by uh, reason. I was with um, uh, Pastor Mark Hankins from Louisiana. I was with him uh, several years ago in the Philippines. We got to talk, and you maybe have heard me tell this before, but uh, I thought it fit so well. Uh, so we're walking around in the mall on a, a day off that we had, and um, or it might have been between meetings, I don't remember. But um, we're walking around, and um, he said, uh, many people... Have, only have faith as far as reason will allow it. Think about that for a second. Uh, he might have even said most, but you know, many people have, only have faith as far as reason will allow. In other words, as long as it makes sense to your head what God is telling you to do, then they'll do it. Well, man, you, you are putting a major limitation on the Lord if you're doing that. Well, it doesn't make sense to do this. It doesn't make sense to do that. You know, I remember uh, Kenneth Hagin said, some people wait to get into ministry until they have a nice house and a nice car and everything ready and a bunch of money in the bank. He's like, you'll never make it. <laughs> you know, you, you got to start out by faith. And uh, even when he relates in here, when they started the Bible schools, you know, if uh, they had nothing saying like, yes, this is what to do, except for the leading of the Lord, because they had no helpers, no money and no students. And yet they did it. And as soon as they stepped out to do it, you know what happened? Helpers showed up, finances showed up and students showed up. And so, but if they had waited till reason would say, well, there's not anybody interested. Reason would be like, it's got to be somebody else the Lord's leading. Because obviously, if the Lord was leading, there would obviously be money. You would obviously have the money ahead of time so that, you know, you could show that is the will of God. Well, no, that's not living by faith. That's living by reason and seeing like, okay, well, this is that. So this must be that. And so, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. And um, he said... Um, it doesn't determine whether it's God's will or not, these natural considerations or these natural things. Uh, we should always be led uh, by, and then he said, we should always be led by the best natural wisdom right up to where the Holy Ghost tells us otherwise. I like Kenneth Hagin said something similar about faith. He said, uh, you know, you can walk by natural human faith as long as it doesn't contradict the word of God. In other words, natural human faith would kind of tell you don't walk in front of a car that's speeding down the road or don't jump off a building that's really high because you're likely to get killed. 
well um but but you know natural human faith is fine until the spirit of god leads you leads you separately i know uh, kind of an extreme case but john lake was talking about when he was uh driving in the mountains and he felt led by the spirit of god driving down the mountain to get on the opposite side of the road where you're not supposed to be it was kind of dangerous to do that but you know uh he ended up following that leading when he did this massive truck that had lost its brakes ran right into the lane where he would have been and it would have shoved him right off of the mountain right well normally that would be very unwise to do that uh, but when the spirit of god leads you contrary to the, that natural wisdom uh, you better pay attention and uh you know there's a minister that uh kenneth hagan would talk about and uh he was walk, driving through a um traffic light a green light but yet he had unction on the inside of him stop and but it was a green light well he thought you know well that doesn't make sense it's a green light why would i stop and uh, so he went through and got T-boned and his wife and, and a little child were in the hospital. They ended up recovering. Thank the Lord. You know, and uh, about a, almost a year later, exactly, he's driving through that same intersection and the same thing happened. <laughs> he, he got this unction like, don't do it. Well, this time he listened to it. He almost didn't because he thought, well, that's just my mind playing tricks on me because this is like a year later. It's the same intersection. But he, he heated it and he pulled off. And sure enough, right then, a bigger truck went through and he probably had been killed. And so uh, it pays to listen to the Spirit of God and to follow the Spirit of God. And of course, it's not just in driving. That's just a couple of examples that, uh, that I gave. But the, the Lord will lead you. And I meant to talk to my wife ahead of time, but I didn't. But just this last week, it wasn't a significant thing, but it was something that the Lord had prompted her to pick up or get ready. And then whenever we were doing something and we needed it, she had done it and we had it. And, she's, and then she's like, oh, that must be why I felt like I should get that. And that, that should come, uh, you know, we should have that. And so... So it's amazing. But if you go by the natural mind, it's like, why would you bring an ice scraper in the middle of summer? Uh, yet one time we needed an ice scraper uh, to help us get out of something and we had brought it. And so uh, the natural mind will uh, cause you to miss out on the blessings of the Lord. But if you're led by the spirit, man, uh, you're at a place where God can lead, guide and direct. And he knows way more than you or I. And uh, as uh, the author pointed out, sometimes or maybe many times the path that the Lord leads us on doesn't make sense to our natural mind. You're like you might go backwards and he might have you go backwards in order to get forward, right? Or he might have you go up in order to get down. And we're like, no, no, the fastest path Lord is actually to go up, to go up. <laughs> but, um, you know, Jesus even said, let him that would lead what serve. Mm -hmm. So the way up actually is down. <laughs> and so, um, God exalts the humble. So um, next week we'll get into, I think we'll probably go through up to page 101. So we'll do, we left off here. So 95 through at least 101. We'll see how much time we have uh, next week. That's uh, talking about ways that God might lead now. And, uh, you know, we kind of had to go through some of the other stuff first because people get a lot of strange ideas. But the primary way he leads is by the inward witness. Uh, the spirit of man's the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And um, so he'll lead us, he'll guide us by our spirits. But there are spectacular ways that the Lord will lead too. Those are supernatural, the leading from the inside. But there are spectacular ways. And the first way we're going to talk about here next week is 
angels, angelic uh, uh, visitations and angelic direction and leading. And uh, somebody said, well, why would the Lord, you know, you have the inward witness. Why would the Lord use an angel? Well, he's going to use the angel, but you'll also have the inward witness. And uh, but we're going to get into that next week just to say the supernatural is just as normal today as it was when the book of Acts was written down. Uh, we're part of the same church. It's not a different church. And um, God still does spectacular things. And it's awesome to see spectacular things. Um, but uh, so sometimes he'll lead that way. But that's not a guarantee. That's not something you pray for. Uh, but he, he will lead that way at different times. And um, but, you know, you get in the realm of angels. Uh, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He'll send messengers uh, to be like a messenger of light. And uh, so you don't want to heed those. Anyhow, the chapter goes into some of that. So that'll be fun. Uh, that'll be exciting for us to get into next week. I want to ask you uh, tonight if you're watching or listening and you're not born again. What does that mean? Well, you've, you, you can have a natural birth. And if you're listening to me now, you have had a natural birth uh, from your mother. And, um, but there is a second birth. You can be born all over again. And Jesus called it being born from above. And it is when on the inside, you're made a brand new person. And so you, Jesus said, in order to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again, or you must be born from above. So in the beginning, Adam and Eve sinned and they died spiritually or became separated from God. And when they did that, ever since that point, man has needed to be born again or made a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that happens the second that you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess Jesus as your Lord. Daniel chapter 12 tells us, Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Many that sleep in the dust will awake, some to everlasting life and some uh, to everlasting shame and contempt. You don't have to live in shame and contempt. You can awake to everlasting life. And I want to ask you today, I want, all I'm asking you to do is look to your heart where the Spirit of God speaks to you and see what He's talking to you about. Have you been born again? As many as received Jesus, to them He gave the right to be the children of God. You must receive Him. It's not automatic. And you, you don't get, become into the family of God or go to heaven because of good things that you do. In fact, if you do a bunch of good things and you're so focused on the fact that you did all those, that will keep you out of heaven. That might sound strange, but it'll keep you out of heaven because those are things that you have produced and you're not looking to the Lord and relying upon the Lord. You have to turn to Him. Faith in God is an act of turning away from all of those things that you've done, whether good or bad, and it is turning to Jesus Christ. And the reason that we can turn to Him is God raised Him from the dead. And when He was on the cross, He went to that cross and our sins caused him to die on that cross or crucified him on that cross. He took our sins on himself. He, the Bible says the one that didn't know any sin at all actually became sin itself. That is an amazing truth. And so he took that sin and then he took the punishment of it and went to hell and he rose from the dead once we were made right with God. Once our standing with God was changed forever and God now said, hey, you can be part of my family because your sins have been washed away. They have been completely removed, expunged. They're gone. 
cast into a sea that is called the sea of forgetfulness, that they're so far away from you, they're as far as the east is from the west. And the way that that becomes a reality, what Jesus did, the way that becomes real in every one of our lives is when we confess him as Lord because we believe that God did that and raised him from the dead. If you want to do that with me right now, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray the prayer right after me, repeat after me and believe it from your heart and say it with your mouth and in the end, by the end of this prayer, you will be brand new, a new creature. You'll be born again, a second birth. You mark it down in your calendar, tell your friends and family, I have two birthdays. I expect twice the number of presents, okay? And so let's pray this prayer. Say, oh God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he took my sins on the cross and he died and you rose him from the dead. I take him as my Lord. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I take Jesus as my master. In Jesus name. I thank you that I am now born again and I'm part of your family and I have just been washed clean and pure and holy. In Jesus name, amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, not only am I happy about it, but uh, the angels, the Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice when one a sinner turns to Christ. And you, if you've just done that, I want to pray for you by name. Please email us at the email info at anchordc.org or fill out the form on the church online app. If you raised your hand on there, you know you can electronically raise your hand. And so you electronically raise your hand, there'll be a form. Fill that out. And then uh, we want to help you find a good church. If you're in our area, we invite you to come to our church. Uh, it's not the only church in our area, but it is a great church in our area. And we love to worship the Lord together, serve the Lord together, and uh, just see God change people's lives, set people free, heal people, deliver people and uh, bring them into his family uh, all the time. And we're so thankful. But please let us know. I'd love to pray for you. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of communication, but uh, we'd like to get you some materials if you'd like. And we'd love to pray with you. I want to pray for you um, once I get your name. And uh, we're so thankful that you've made this decision. And God is even more thankful. Your life uh, will never be the same. Uh, find a good Bible-believing church, read your Bible, and pray every day. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to now uh, Include this portion of the service and then we're going to jump on a zoom call we're working on some different things i think maybe next week we'll be doing google talk or something like that uh, so just stay tuned uh, next week or on the social media and find out what that is uh, but for tonight we're going to uh, close out with a word of prayer and then we'll uh, join on if they haven't already posted they'll be posting the link uh, to a zoom call and uh, there's no pressure to join that zoom call it's just a time to see each other's faces uh, laugh have fun say hi and uh, very soon we will uh, be meeting in person i guess i should mention something about that as well as far as announcements we're looking for facilities uh, the school system again as I've uh, as we've spoken with them they uh, they don't know what's going on <laughs> uh, they don't know the future right and so what they're saying is um, you know last we heard we wouldn't be able to be in the school until 
after July the 1st. So we're looking for maybe kind of an interim place. And um, if we find a permanent place in the meantime, uh, that'd be awesome too. And, uh, you know, the Lord's working on our behalf. We've got a great uh, land and building coming our way. We know that. And, uh, but, you know, you may have heard that the governor uh, last week announced that starting on Friday, they're going to let some churches open up and different things like that. Um, but what happened is the counties in Virginia immediately surrounding Washington, D.C., which would be um, Arlington County, Fairfax County, where we meet, and um, Prince William County and Loudoun County and uh, the city of Alexandria. I think I hit all of them, but you kind of know those counties right there that are closest to D.C. They came back to the governor and said, no, 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 no. We don't want to open. We're not ready to open. Please don't make us open. And he said, okay, well, I'm not going to make you open. <laughs> so they haven't given any more guidance as far as those counties yet. So uh, we're uh, kind of anticipating what they're going to say is those counties are going to stay uh, on the lockdown as it is now, while the rest of them uh, in Virginia uh, will be opening up unless there's other counties that uh, kind of go back to him and rebuff him or, uh, you know, buffet him. And so uh, anyhow, just be looking uh, online, social media. We have some different uh, buildings that we're looking into. And so we're, we're, we look to the Lord and we'll be back together real soon. And we're thankful that we're able to do this and that you join us uh, online uh, whenever you have the opportunity. And uh, just keep the switch of faith turned on. And uh, there is a place of rest in the and that is in the faith of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word uh is life to us and health to all of our flesh and you sent it to us. Thank you for sending him. Thank you for making us live by your word. Thank you that the more that we feed on him and the more we live in him, the more alive we become. We thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that was spoken tonight. I pray that it penetrates deep into the heart of every one of us that will be uh, listeners and hearers of everything that your spirit is saying to us and that your word has declared. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll